Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a great day today, a big day in sports in Vegas. As we begin on Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m., coming off a massive night last night with the Yankees no-hitter by Corey Kluber and LeBron hitting a game-winning three-pointer falling away against the Warriors to advance into the playoffs as a seventh seed. What a night last night was. Every night's great at PTs right here in the Valley, 60-plus locations open and ready tonight for you to come in and watch the Golden Knights as they play at the Minnesota Wild. Massive game. Game three of the opening round for the Vegas Golden Knights and a big night here in the city, in the Valley. Wherever you are, you should be at PT's for the best happy hour in town. Go get your food on half price with your drinks from 5 to 7 and stay through the postgame show. Best place in town, PT's, as they fuel the monologue as we begin. And I got a lot to say as we open up the show, because again, last night was great. I was on the air every night, 7 to 10, and all that happened at once. So the no-hitter, I'm a Yankee fan, was great. I'll tie that in to baseball here in Vegas. And then on top of that, LeBron winning with his game-winning three, which I'm going to spend some time on the show with today, was exceptional. But I want to lead with two big topics today that are rooted traditionally in Oakland, but now are getting my attention in Vegas. First, we begin with the Las Vegas Raiders, which is one of the most, I think, iconic brands in the history of sports. Thanks to Al Davis and what the Raiders did in Oakland for the majority of the time in Los Angeles, and now what they're trying to do in Las Vegas, taking this brand to the next level. They will take this brand to the next level because they have such momentum in this new market, and they've connected with their old fans who understand what they're doing in Vegas. Not all of them love it. Not all of them like it, and we get that. But the Raiders and Mark Davis made a decision because of the politicians and the issues financially, mostly based on poor politics with sports in the East Bay, that they had to get out of Oakland. And they tried to go to Carson. They were interested in L.A. And for a miracle, the deal came together, which I think, other than winning Super Bowls, is going to define the legacy of Mark Davis as an owner because of what this will mean for the league, what it's going to mean globally for sports gaming, and hopefully what it means for the Raiders as they win Super Bowls over the years because they have a competitive advantage that they did not have in Oakland with a brand-new facility, a brand-new stadium, the ability to recruit players, and just have a better way to operate their business. Even the most ardent of Raider fans and the bitterest of Raider fans all understand that the Raiders are in a much better place in Vegas from an economic standpoint, even though we never wanted that would be the fans and the people who work for the team and the players. No one ever wanted to leave Oakland. I've been commuting to Oakland for 17, 18 years, commuting. People still shake their head as coaches versus cancer this weekend. That's exactly what Eric Musselman said to me, the coach of Arkansas. JT, when did you move to Vegas? I said, Coach, I was here the whole time. When you were the coach with the Warriors, I was commuting. And if the Raiders would have stayed in Oakland, it would have been brilliant, especially if they would have needed a new stadium. And it just couldn't happen. 
because of what's happening. It's so toxic in Oakland when it comes to sports. They can't figure it out. They can't. There is no one sharp enough in politics that can figure out how to do the deal, which there has to be a combination of some public money, which doesn't happen in California. Everybody's politically triggered out of their minds. They don't understand that that's part of why a lot of these deals get done. Then there's got to be some private money, and then there's got to be cooperation. And Oakland is just toxic when it comes to what they're doing locally in the entire East Bay. Their politicians just don't get along with sports. That's obvious. Everybody knows that, even the A's fans and the Raiders fans and the Warriors fans who are pro-Oakland. They know that their politicians are politically unsavvy and they're not able to do deals. And you come to Vegas and they build casinos like overnight and they build a convention center. Have you seen the size of this convention center and how they were able to rebuild the convention center? Do you see what the MSG, James Dolan of the Knicks and Rangers, are doing building the greatest concert hall maybe of all time in the sphere and what that looks like, Allegiant Stadium, and then Resorts World, which is $5 billion, and that will go up quicker. Oakland could add a new football stadium, a new NBA arena, and the A's could add whatever they wanted for the price of what they're doing and Scott Sabella and the team is doing over at Resorts World. Because in Vegas, we get things done. From construction to politics, everybody gets on the same page because we're a tourist destination. So if we don't get it done here, people might not come. And we got more to do in Vegas than you could ever dream of doing in Oakland. Ever, right? For entertainment and the value of entertainment. So the Raiders come here. And the Raiders are going to thrive here financially. But they got to win games. They got to win games. I can't help with that. They got to win games. So they brought in John Gruden for $100 million. They got a new staff. They got a very good quarterback. They got a great young running back. They revamped their defense, and they're trying to get better. Everybody knows the effort is tremendous on what's going on there. They just haven't hit a home run. They're hitting singles and doubles, and they really need to start hitting the ball out of the park. And hopefully that happens this year. So we get the Raiders out of the way. Now let's move to the A's. Because the A's are going to come here led by their carnival barker named Dave Gavel, who's an absolute scam artist. Uh, this guy is an absolute clown show. The man who runs, the owner, the owner of the team, has no interest in baseball, John Fisher. He's one of the richest owners in sports. He has no interest in that. He cuts corners. He didn't want to fund the minor league. And he has the money to build the stadium there, and he's not interested in doing it. Fact, not fiction. He has no passion for the team, no passion for payroll, no passion on keeping players. We all know this. Everybody knows this. Ask Jeff Passan, who covers MLB for ESPN, and he rolls his eyes when anybody talks about the A's anymore. So the A's now are built on a horrible, horrible current foundation. Their old foundation was very strong, rooted in Oakland with Joe Rudy and Reggie Jackson and Sal Bando and Catfish Hunter and a passionate group of fans. And then the A's kind of worked in the same vibe as the Raiders in a football stadium, and there were challenges there. And recently, over the last 10 or 20 years, as I've been involved in the situation on their flagship radio stations, in meetings, behind the scenes, I've seen what happened. No one in this market in Vegas is close to having the insight that I have on the Oakland A's and the Raiders and their rift. So Oakland, the A's, loved the fact when the Raiders were sweating their deal. They loved it. 
They didn't know, you know, the Raiders, Mark Davis came in third place in Carson, and the A's were laughing in the building. How would I know that? Because I have people inside the building with the A's who told me that. The A's were mocking the Raiders, laughing at them. They couldn't wait to sign the 10-year lease to kind of checkmate Mark Davis. To say, hey, Mark, you're not going to have any choice now because we're in the Coliseum. We got this lease in this old stadium that's breaking down with leaks everywhere. and We're, we're forcing your hand, Mark. And then Mark Davis comes together and puts together this brilliant deal in Vegas. And he's enjoying now what will be success, I believe, for the Raiders going forward. But that shouldn't affect the A's. The A's were celebrating in their offices, drinking root beer floats and telling and coming up with scam marketing campaigns rooted in Oakland, and we'll go build the treehouse in the corner. We'll go build the treehouse, and that'll get fans to come there, and they can't draw flies. No one comes. I don't know why. Maybe a lot of it has to do with the stadium. It's not a stadium where you could go have a great time. It's just not a baseball stadium. So now we have ownerships and Dave Cavill who are sitting here, and all they do is scam. All they do is scam their great fans who come out to the games and bang the drum, and these are Raider fans. These are Raider fans who are Oakland A's fans. And I find Cavill to be the most unprofessional, clueless, self-promoting, carnival-barking jackass I have ever seen in the business. And he's now threatening Oakland by coming to Vegas? Vegas doesn't want him. The, the A's won't work in Vegas, period. Now, if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. You see, because there's guys in the market here in radio, wink, wink, who mocked the Raiders when they were thinking of coming here and mocked the stadium every day and mocked Mark Davis and said, quote, Mark Davis isn't smart enough to do the deal. They would talk about a haircut. They would talk about his wardrobe. Mark's one of the greatest guys anybody's ever met if you ever met him. But people went to the low-hanging, low-hanging mean stuff that Mark Davis isn't rich enough and he's not smart enough to do the deal. How do you think Mark Davis looks now? You think Mark Davis is rich enough? You think Mark Davis is smart enough to do the deal? Go ask Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft what they think of Mark Davis and what they think about the legacy of the Raiders and how they're all in on Vegas and what they think Vegas is going to do. So when it comes to the A's, the A's are run by horrible ownership with a president who plays three-card Monty every day, lies to the fans, puts out root beer float emails, and just walks around and acts like he knows what he's doing. He has no idea what he's doing. This is in way over his head. He doesn't understand the culture of sports. He can't work with the politicians. He's not very sharp, and the A's are getting screwed because of this. I like the A's. I'm an American League guy. All right, a hero of mine is Reggie Jackson. I like going to the games there. Now, for those who are saying cover story today, Ron Kantowski, the aviator's home, is a neat bargaining chip. The Las Vegas ballpark could house the A's temporarily in a valley move. So why am I anti-A's in, the, in regards to this business decision? Let me tell you why so I'm transparent, because I'm always honest on the radio. Number one, the A's wanted to screw the Raiders. The Raiders are here already. The A's are not welcome. Okay, the A's are not welcome. The Raiders saw what could happen in Vegas on a much bigger deal with the NFL, a much bigger league, and the Raiders came here, and now this is Raider territory, period. And the Raiders will work here because it's a hub for a global fan base from all over the world that is now based in the Southwest where fans can easily get here from Oakland and the Bay Area 
Sacramento, easily from Los Angeles by plane or car, easily from Southern California and other regions, and especially from Arizona, New Mexico, and everywhere else where they want to come. Look at the price of these tickets in the secondary market. People want to be here. People do not want the A's here. People will not come from all over the country to watch the Oakland Athletics play on a relaunch in Vegas. All they'll do is come here to watch the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Giants, the Diamondbacks, and all the other teams in this region and the big national teams like the Cubs who park a big majority of their fan base in Arizona, and it would be embarrassing for the A's. They'd have a brand new stadium. They'd have to have it in a dome. It'd be an eyesore. No one wants to look at a dome stadium that's going to be empty most of the year in the weather where it goes from anywhere from 100 to 114 to watch a team who's coming in with their tail between their legs after the Raiders already got here and built a jewel in the desert. No thank you. Hey, Oakland A's, if you wanted to come to Vegas first and you were such hot crap and you thought that Mark Davis was a clown, then you should have came to Vegas first, Dave Cavill. And you could have came here, John Fisher. You could have looked around. Oakland's been a train wreck for baseball for how long from an economic standpoint. Vegas would have taken your meeting five, ten years ago. But you weren't sharp enough to do it. So now you're not welcomed here because I know more people on the ground here than Dave Cavill's ever met in his life, and no one wants the A's here. Now, a brand-new expansion baseball game, it would work because when it came to the Golden Knights, I said this initially, and I nailed it. The Golden Knights were going to work because they were an inaugural franchise, a brand-new team. I don't think the Knights would have worked here if the Winnipeg Jets moved here or a team from Atlanta or back in the day or Florida moved here. I don't think people would have supported this team. I really don't. I think it would have been a gimmick. It would have been an old team coming here with their old jerseys and a relaunch. But the fact that Bill Foley did it the right way with an inaugural expansion team and built this jewel, it works great. And the Raiders work perfectly with the Golden Knights, Mark Davis and Bill Foley, right? The, the leadership of the Golden Knights along with Mark Bedane, the president of the Raiders. They work together really well. They want both to be successful. No one works well with the Oakland A's. Nobody. Nobody works well with them, not because of their great fans again. It's because of the clowns running that organization. They are an embarrassment, and not Billy Bean, a guy who just has a small budget over the years and tried to build this team. It's guys like Cavill and the ownership and John Fisher who cry poverty all the time. Now, A's fans have said to me, well, Mark Davis cried poverty. He didn't have the money to do it. You are right. Mark Davis did not have the ability to break concrete and dig a hole and build a, a Raiders stadium in Oakland, and everybody was aware of that. And Mark Davis th thought outside the box, around with the NFL, and Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft and Sheldon Adelson, right, and all this. I could teach this class at UNLV. You don't have to pay me. Just have UNLV bring me in. I'll lower my voice. I'll lower my voice in the classroom, I promise you, but I got a Ph.D. in this topic. So why am I all worked up on this? Because I'm seeing content in the local newspaper and everybody buying into this garbage. The same people who were wrong and mocked Vinny Bonsignor and JT the Brick in the third person when we had the information before anybody in the Bay Area writing a column at a pay site 
or in the Oakland Tribune or the San Francisco Chronicle who mocked Mark Davis and said, oh, the deal will never happen. Never forget being at the Super Bowl and people when the announcement was made, oh, what a joke. Oh, the financing fell out of place. Oh, my God, what are they going to do with the financing? Ten minutes later, Bank of America writes a check for half a billion dollars. Okay? The Oakland Athletics are nothing more than a cheap version of P.T. Barnum. They're a bunch of scam artists, and they are not welcome in Las Vegas. And if they do, they need to come into this market with their tail between their legs and get there and tell Mark Davis, Mr. Davis, we apologize for all the crap we put you through in our organization, around our organization, because we were mocking you and laughing you, at you. That's fact, not fiction. So for everybody here who has no idea how baseball will work and just looking around going, oh, great, a ballpark in Henderson will work great. Yeah, that'll work great. Or a ballpark on the strip where the Rio is will knock down the Rio and have an eyesore right there, right there on the 15 at Flamingo. Well, that'll work out well during rush hour traffic. No one's going to go to see the Oakland A's on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night play the Detroit Tigers for three, for three games when it's 111 degrees and going into a dome to watch the Oakland A's who are cheap. They're not going to pump money into their payroll, and they're going to pull the same scam again. That's the monologue. If you have a comment on it, let me know. Pete Rose is coming up at the top of the hour, 702-365-9200. I want everybody to be happy. I want every sports team to thrive. Oakland, stay up in Oakland. Go on the tour, Dave Cavill, because this is going to go right to his email. I got loyal listeners who are going to put this monologue right in that clown show, Dave Cavill's email box, so he can comment, and I'll have him on anytime he wants. But he's too busy selling root beer floats and putting tarps on the upper deck. It's going to come down to the fact that if Vegas is stupid enough to do this deal, if they're dumb enough to think they need baseball over the NBA, they're nuts. This is a small town that's growing based on tourism and people moving here and coming in because of tax rates and a lot of other good things, entertainment. The A's are not going to be entertaining in Las Vegas. I think the Raiders are already, but we haven't had fans in Allegiant Stadium. And I think once we get fans into Allegiant Stadium, most people will be completely blown away by this. Oh, do I have... Do I have right now as I'm standing up in my studio, do I have an aggravated edge to me? Yeah, because when I was up in the Bay Area on the A's flagship station, I was called into a meeting once, and I was told not to talk about the Raiders and the A's. And I said, what? You brought me up here for a year. Some clowns up there go, hey, JT, how did they not bring you back? I wasn't coming back because they told me don't talk about the Raiders more and don't talk about the A's. On the A's flagship radio station, where now you can find the A's on the Internet. And they actually do a really good job on the Internet. They get some really good broadcasters, but they're on the Internet. Really forward-thinking here by the A's, huh? Can't find them on the AM, FM dial. you got to go find them on the Internet. 702-365-9200 if you want to get in here. And again, I think the NBA's coming next. I've been saying New Orleans, if New Orleans did not get Zion, if Zion did not come, we'd have him. We'd be close to having him, I believe. And then if you look at Minnesota with Alex Rodriguez buying the Minnesota Timberwolves in a partnership, Minnesota does not work anymore for basketball. It's a disaster. And I think the Timberwolves would move here. And again, I wish it was an expansion NBA team because the community would get behind it. But the NBA in Vegas is a really good fit for tourism. 
and conventions and the fact that people would come here to watch the NBA because it's like a rock concert. They'd come in and watch LeBron. Now, it wouldn't be, you know, diehard, passionate Las Vegas basketball fans 20,000 deep, but I think you can get eight to 10,000 season ticket holders, maybe 11, but they're all going to have another team. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I'm not leaving the Knicks. Uh, you know, there's going to be fans of the Lakers, and the Lakers aren't going to leave. But the NBA will work here because every night the limos will pull up. The limos will pull up. Everybody will buy tickets. They'll want to be entertained for a couple of hours and then get back to the blackjack tables and go out to a late dinner. It'll work. It won't work for baseball. It'll work for Don Logan across the street from me right here at Las Vegas Ballpark. He's an unbelievable operator. He's great. But I don't believe in the A's at all. Because the A's are run by individuals who have a negative, bad agenda. They're not good guys. And their fans will tell you that. Their fans don't like them. Even the fans that didn't like Mark Davis. I'm talking the majority of them. Not some of them. The fans that didn't like Mark Davis looked at Vegas. They came in on. They went on Allegiant Stadium tours. They've seen the facility. And they're going, whoa, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. This is big time. This could help the Raiders become globally dominant again. Something that they want to do. There's a plan in place. The A's have never had a plan. They haven't had a plan since, I don't know, you could look at their run with Eck and the one recent team they had. You could look at the run they had in the 70s. I like the fans. I really do. Some of them are my best friends, but they all despise ownership because they don't trust them. This business, sports, is about trust. Even if your team isn't winning, if you can trust them, and even if you're frustrated with the plan, then you can jump in and even get on your team. I don't have a problem with it. But that's what I think about the A's coming here. I'd like to hear from you. I don't talk to myself. I'm done. 702-365-9200. If you're in Vegas, why do you want baseball? Why are you reading this? on the cover story of the newspaper? Why are people putting out propaganda on how this might work and how it could work? It's not going to work. And if I'm wrong, it'll take about five to ten years to figure out, and I'll be gone from here already on some beach. I can promise you that by now. 702-365-9200. Pete Rose, the all-time hit king, will join us. Also, I want to spend some time talking about the NBA last night. And it wasn't a great game, but LeBron made a great shot. As a matter of fact, Bobby, let's get to that game-winning shot last night. LeBron James, after he got knocked to the ground by Draymond Green, very hard and clean foul, clean foul by Draymond, knocked to the ground, LeBron did this. They get it to Caldwell Pope, almost lost it, shot clock at seven. James, two defenders on him to Caldwell Pope inside. He's tied up by Green, throws it back up top. James puts up the three. Oh, it's gone! That was a big shot, arguably LeBron's biggest shot as a Laker. He's hit bigger shots with Cleveland in the finals, Miami. But as a Laker, after getting knocked to the ground, I thought that was a big-time shot. And as I tweeted out, how the hell does Draymond Green play 41 minutes and hit two free throws and have no field goals in that game? Draymond could have won that game if he scored four points, and he wasn't able to do it. Monologue brought to you by Meetup Vegas. I've been telling you for years about meetupvegas.com. Code word is JTBrick. Uh, go there and find out how everybody who's sharp is buying meat and chicken delivered right to your front door. Quality packed. 
cold properly, and then you have the best barbecue you ever had. Meetupvegas.com, code word is JT Brick. Let's get out to Dion in Vegas on 920. Hello, Dion. JT, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, hey, thanks. Connie Mack and Charlie Finley are uh, rolling in their graves with that squad they got running that thing. That, them days were, they had glory days. Reggie Jackson. And even the Bash brothers, you know what I'm saying? And it's become a, it's become a fall. I don't want them here neither. I don't want them here neither at all. Do you know what a slap in the face it is to A's fans who are Raiders fans? They understand why the Raiders left. Some of it, a little bit, and this, this is something we can debate, had to do with the A's signing the lease, that midnight scam lease to force the Raiders' hands again. But I'm a Raider guy, so that's my opinion. I'm sure the A's have another. Can you imagine the A's now after the success of Mark Davis building this stadium, had to come, had, having to come into this market with their tail between their legs because now the Warriors are gone and the Raiders are gone and they can't figure out how yeah. to do their own deal? Yeah, they take the money, they put it in their pocket. And they, yeah. they, they take the money that's divided and they just put it in their pocket. That's what they do. And they cry poor mouth and they won't sign nobody. You know, I don't want nothing like that. The Knights go for it. The Raiders go for it. You know, successful or not successful, it's, some years are up and down. But the A's are going to be good. they got good, hard, young talent, but they won't keep them around long enough, even if they sell out a stadium, which we built for them. They know that. It's like when, with the Marlins and the, with, with the Marlins, with the Marlins and the Rays, the same deal with some of their ownership down there. Right. Thanks for the All call. Right, I, don't, you, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe, thank you, I don't believe the A's have the ability to sell tickets anymore unless they're great. You know, if the, if the A's make it to the playoffs, yeah, you'll see 45,000 at a game in a playoff game. Just look at the A's attendance on any given night. I know California is different with their COVID protocol. It's been confusing. But, again, I, I think the A's should find a way to build a state-of-the-art boutique ballpark. I said I lived across the street from where the Giants built their stadium. All they should have did, Dave Cavill or any ownership, Lou Wolf Befall, they should have taken a pigeon, a pigeon, and put a little baby A's helmet on it. And they should have let it go on the concourse in San Francisco at AT&T Park, Pac Bell Park, and just let the pigeon fly across the water and land on the other side of the bay and just build the stadium there. If they listened to me 15 years ago, the A's would have had a ballpark looking directly across the water at San Francisco's ballpark, and it would have been thriving. Have you been on the 880? Have you been on the 880 and made a left to go into Oakland or a right to go to the water? You really want to hang out there? Does that look like an appealing place to go to a game and have a steak dinner and a couple of beers afterwards? I think you know the answer to that. The, the A's are a disgrace when it comes to their ownership. Their fans, including this guy, are second to none, Chris in West Oakland. JT, my friend, spectacular monologue. Agree 1,000%. First off, let's hit exactly what you said. Dave Cavill. I'm tired of him. Every time they come up with a proposal, they think something's going to get done, the A's throw something else. I'm tired of hearing about it. John Fisher, you want $900 million now out of Oakland and you're forcing it. And first off, this is a ploy. The A's might move, JT. It's not going to be to Vegas. Even an expansion team. Baseball won't work in Vegas because I don't think they have the fan base. Football's eight Sundays a year. Hockey's an 18,000-seat arena. You're not going to fill a 35,000-seat stadium like you said, in Vegas, uh, 81 times a year. But rooted in Oakland, give me a break. The A's have been trying to leave Oakland since 2000. San Jose, 
Portland, Fremont, Major League Baseball wouldn't let them. I couldn't agree more, and I get tired of hearing, oh, Dave Cavill saved soccer in San Jose. Yeah, soccer ain't Major League Baseball. I'm tired of this crap. I lay it at the feet of John Fisher, one of the richest men in all of sports. Sell the freaking team or scratch a check. The other thing, you're right, JT. Mark Davis offered 20% of the Raiders to the A's to build a dual stadium project on the grounds that's ready to go now. The A's know they can't get a stadium on the waterfront. It's never going to work, and they're going to get somebody else. But I'm with you a 1,000%. When they sign that 10-year lease, the A's basically said, screw you to the Raiders. Well, now it's time for Mark Davis to do the same. I love the players on the field, but this monologue, JT, is one of the greatest you have ever done. You couldn't be more right. Screw Dave Cavill. Screw John Fisher. Screw everybody in this organization that doesn't have something going on directly on the field. A great monologue, my friend. I, I've been waiting to hear this for years. Screw the A's management. Talk to you later, my friend. Well, that's my goal is to connect with people on the radio one way or the other. Chris has been a longtime friend, and he's a diehard A's fan. And, uh, look, again, I'd like to see the best for the A's fans, not for the A's ownership. And uh, living here, I'm not a native. I wasn't born here, but I've lived a long time in Las Vegas, and I know the fans in the Valley as good as anybody because I interact with them personally. They don't want it. They don't want it. And maybe they, some of them said the same thing about hockey. And they were wrong. They were wrong, and hockey's thriving. So there is a chance that baseball can come here, and maybe it could work. I don't see it. That's why I throw it out to you on the show. 702-365-9200, brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals that you're looking for. Head on out there, and you'll see that they can deliver the vehicle to your home right off your phone. You don't even have to step foot into the dealership like I do because I love the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Brett Musburger's doing those TV commercials now. It's stress-free buying. Buying a new car is as easy as buying an iPhone. Great instant upfront pricing and financing at the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. I need a drink of water badly. And Pete Rose at the top of the hour. Who the hell's got that on the radio today in this town? Pete Rose, the all-time it king. At the top of the hour, NBA, LeBron last night, the Golden Knights in a big game, and your phone calls when they're there, 702-365-9200. We begin pretty jacked up today. Now here's the 0-1 to Calhoun. Hit on the ground a second. Torres throws to first. In time. Ball game over. Corey Kluber has pitched a no-hitter. Corey Kluber came within one man of a perfect game. He pitches a no-hitter, and the Yankees are delirious on the field, celebrating with Corey Kluber in the middle. And they are jumping all over him. And Corey Kluber is all over Higashioka. Water bottles, they're pouring water on everybody. Hugs all around. This is really something. JT, back with you as we continue here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by meetupvegas.com. Have I been hooking up people with this deal? This is the way to do it. This is the way you buy meat. You do it this way, you'll never go to the grocery store again. The first ever wholesale direct pricing to Las Vegas 
meet hookup. So go to meetupvegas.com. The code is JTBRICK. And just pick from the variety of selections that they have. You'll see all of it up at the website. Option 18, the 30-day age, prime natural New York strip case. Ten and a half pounds on sale right now. And all these other options are there. I have my restaurant quality meat delivered right to my home once a month or once every two months. However you go through it, I got two hungry boys at my house. And we barbecue all the time. This is the way to do it. Meetupvegas.com. The code is JT Brick. One of the cool things is you heard the Corey Kluber no-hitter last night on the Yankees Broadcasting Network. Is One of the great things I have at night is being on the air when there's events happening live. And there were two big events that happened live last night, but one I didn't expect, and that one was the no-hitter, as the Yankees were in Arlington and Corey Kluber pitched no-hitter in a great game, fantastic game as the Yankees beat the Texas Rangers. That was the 12th Yankees no-hitter of all time. And the first one since 1999 when David Cohn had a perfect game. So it's a long time. And my kids are Yankee fans, and they weren't even born in 1999. So it's a long time. You know, a lot of people are beating up Major League Baseball this year saying, you know, with six no-hitters, we have more no-hitters at this time than any other time, and they're just tearing it up. And they're ripping it up, and they're trying to figure this out. My opinion is simple on this. Pitchers have a distinct advantage over hitters. Hitters aren't disciplined the way they used to be back in the day. They're trying to hit home runs. They're not trying to get base hits. Once Kluber got to the sixth or seventh inning in a no-hitter, guys should have been coming to the plate trying to find a way to make contact, but that wasn't going to happen. So the sixth no-hitter of the year, you know, we want to see runs and we want to see a lot of hits, and then we see a no-hitter and people complain. So last night as I was getting ready for the Lakers and the Warriors, my phone started blowing up because I'm a Yankee fan. Probably about the fourth or fifth inning. The first text I looked back on today was in the fifth inning, and my buddy Ed said, no hitter in progress in Arlington. So I was able, I have the MLB package. I was able to see some of it, but in the studio where I'm hosting the show, I don't have it. I didn't have the access to get the game. So I was watching it on my phone. I was watching it on the iPad. And then it was heating up as the game got underway last night. It was really special. And the night before, Spencer Turnbull threw a no-hitter, which was incredible, as the Mariners were no-hit by the Detroit Tigers. And that was a fun game that I didn't expect to see. So what did it do for the Yankees? It gives the Yankees a little bit of a momentum burst because they have Garrett Cole as their best pitcher. But Corey Kluber pitched a brilliant game, and he will go down in Yankee history now as a legend for a no-hitter. Don Larson threw a perfect game. I actually thought Whitey Ford did. Whitey Ford never threw a a no-hitter for the Yankees. Doc Gooden, Dave Rigetti, remember Jim Abbott, missing a hand through a no-hitter. And the most recent ones were perfect games by David Cohn, who I mentioned, and David Wells. So that was really cool last night. Kluber now 4-2 through 71 of 101 pitches for strikes. And he was just fantastic. He mixed in curveballs and cutters and sinkers, 18 change-ups. He was fantastic in that game. So I had a lot of fun last night because I watched a no-hitter that I wouldn't have watched. And I'm a Yankee fan. So many baseball fans are missing these moments. They are because baseball doesn't do a great job in marketing their sport. If it wasn't for Twitter 
If it wasn't for Twitter, what would we do? We wouldn't be alerted because not enough people are watching games nationally unless it's a national baseball game, unless it's a big game on a Saturday or a Sunday or you're watching your team. So last night I had a lot of fun watching that. You could tell by my voice I was screaming a little bit as it went down. And one, one cool little story on this is, is how baseball ties generations together. My dad, I often mention on the show, is 82. He has the same birthday as my son, who's 19. Their birthdays are on May 24th, coming up here right around the corner. And I was on, I was on the air during the Yankee no-hitter. I went crazy. And then I went to commercial break, and I came out of my studio, and my son was FaceTiming my dad. And it was kind of cool to see that, that my son, who's 19, FaceTiming my dad, who's 82. They're both Yankee fans, to talk about this. And my father was getting blown up by... His other four grandsons, who are all Yankee fans. That's how baseball can tie you together for generations. I think more so than any other sport out there. So that was great last night. And then the other story was what happened with the Warriors and the Lakers. As that game was really bizarre. It was, it was, a, it was a bad game in the first half. Steph Curry had 15 points. And the Lakers, Lakers couldn't get going. If it wasn't for Alex Caruso, they might have been blown out in that game. Draymond Green played 41 minutes, and I'm bringing this up because we have a lot of listeners here on Raider Nation Radio who are listening and streaming the show in the Bay Area on the Raiders app, and that game, Draymond, 41 minutes, 0 for 5 from the field, 2 for 2 from the free throw line. He didn't make a bucket and had two points. I think he's the reason the team lost. He played great defensively with nine rebounds and eight assists. He had three steals and three blocks. But come on, Draymond, you got to make a bucket. You got to make a basket in a game that was tied before this shot. So the, the game winding down, LeBron James before this gets hammered to the ground on a hard foul by Draymond Green, which was a clean foul. LeBron couldn't see. He had to get drops put in his eye. He landed on his butt and his back. I thought he was severely injured. He could have he broke his ankle. When LeBron went up for that, dunk and Draymond fouled him again I thought it was a good hard foul LeBron came back and the only way he could break his fall was he tried to put his left foot on the ground he could have broke his ankle and hurt it again so he's very fortunate that he was okay and came back into the game and then LeBron hit one of the biggest shots I think in his career as a Laker the magnitude of this game in the play-in tournament here's the game winning three by LeBron James Here's Caruso, giving it to LeBron, behind the three-point line right side, guarded by Andrew Wiggins. LeBron gets a pick from Caldwell Pope. KCP's got it. Back to LeBron with six to shoot. LeBron down the middle, KCP with the ball. Go up. He's trapped. Throws it back to LeBron. One second left, has to shoot a three. He oh! made it! LeBron made a three to beat the shot clock! Lakers lead, 103-100. Now somebody get Curry! 55 seconds to go. Fantastic bucket. So for those who, you know, criticize LeBron, and I do from time to time, you can't criticize him on that play. The shot clock was running out. He had a fadeaway. He had a Steph Curry shot. LeBron did, and he was magical in that game. The limited fans who were there went crazy, and it decided the game. So LeBron's had those moments, as you know. Had him for Cleveland, had him for Miami. And he's had some game winners, but not of this magnitude. So this is a game where I mentioned Corey Kluber could get the Yankees going with a no-hitter. That's a shot of adrenaline for the organization. And I really do think LeBron James 
hitting that three-pointer to win that game. It wasn't game seven of the NBA Finals, but it was a really big shot for LeBron, and the Lakers needed him at that point. LeBron played 35 minutes with 7-17 from the field. He had 22 points, 10 assists, and 11 rebounds for a triple-double. I thought Anthony Davis really struggled. He came on strong in the second half. He had 25 points, 12 rebounds. But again, Anthony Davis took six three-pointers and only hit one. So what happens now? The Lakers move on. The Lakers will be the two seed, and they'll go up against Phoenix. Memphis beats San Antonio, so they'll play the Warriors. If the Warriors win, the Warriors will be the eight seed taking on Utah. And quite frankly, I don't think the, the Warriors need this series. They want to make the playoffs, obviously, and it's important to ownership to have some fans in San Francisco at the new arena. But I don't think they could get by Utah without Clay Thompson, who's out for the year. And maybe, maybe the Warriors are packing it in, one, two, three, Cancun. Steph Curry last night said they'll be ready to go, but they put a lot of energy into the second-to-half-year run. So we still got two play-in games, as we're talking about it now. Indiana and Washington, winner of that becomes the eighth seed, and they'll take on Philadelphia. And as I said, we'll see Memphis and the Warriors, winners of that, a game take on Utah. The rest of the Western Conference is set with the Clippers hosting Dallas in the 4-5. Denver, the three-seed, hosts Portland. That'll be a really good series. And Phoenix and the Lakers, as the Lakers are a favorite in this series. And look, I think Phoenix is an, is an active home dog here as the two-seed. Uh, they, they, they have 21 losses. The Lakers have 30. Phoenix was much better than the Lakers this year, but the Lakers are coming back to full strength. In the Eastern Conference, the Knicks are the four. They'll host Atlanta. Milwaukee, the three, will host Miami. And Brooklyn, the two, hosts Boston. And that could get a little bit interesting if Jason Tatum is playing at the way he's playing. But I think Brooklyn has too much firepower. So I wanted to get into this and talk about this because last night was a fun night on the radio. As I wrap up my nightly radio show, I do it Sunday to Thursday night. And to really focus on the NBA last night and to get a no-hitter and then to get hockey. And then we come into hockey tonight and I'll be on the air for the Golden Knights taking on the Minnesota Wild, in a really big game. Crowd won't be energetic. They have much smaller crowds than in Vegas here due to their COVID protocol, but a big opportunity for the Golden Knights to pick up the momentum that they had in Vegas and try to get game three. Try to get game three and keep this thing moving again because the Wild are very dangerous. They could beat Vegas. They could knock them out, and they're not intimidated by playing in the fortress here in Vegas. So that'll be a big night. Also, updates on the PGA Championship as it's in progress at Kiowa Island. As the leaderboard's got a few no-names up there at the top that I expect to come back, but we'll get you a leaderboard update before I get out of here. No-hitter last night, and I thought the Lakers took care of business, and that was a big deal because the Lakers were in a spot where they had to win that game. Could you imagine if the Lakers would have had to play Memphis at home? and possibly get knocked out. Now LeBron gets a little bit of a break, and he deserves it after hitting that game-winning shot. 702-365-9200. Next week, I'm back in the Raiders facility, hosting a broadcast there as the Raiders and their rookies, and signings are coming left and right, and we're talking Raider football, as we always do, as we get closer and closer to more to talk about with practice and how this team is going to separate themselves from the rest of the NFL with their attendance, their health and availability, 
and their off-season workouts right here on the flagship Raider Nation 920 AM brought to you by Bell Solar, the best solar company in town. If you're looking for solar, go to the best. Bell Solar, proud partner of the JT The Brick Show right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. I took several steps from the dugout onto the field yelling, take, 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 because just the way he was set up, I, I looked to me like he was going to swing. And the whole time he's around the bases, I'm out there and I'm, you know, I was upset because that's not a time to swing three and oh. And, as, you know, I, I happened to look over there and I know the twins knew that I was upset. It's a big topic still. Tony LaRusa telling his player Mercedes that he shouldn't have swung at a blooper pitch. 3-0, Pete Rose will join us. I can't wait to ask Pete this question. I've been waiting all week. We're going to have Pete on a lot with You Pick Trade. Pete is giving gaming advice. Yes, if everybody else in this town could do it who has a Twitter feed, why not Pete Rose for a real reputable company? So Pete Rose at the top of the hour, and we'll have Pete on every three to four weeks because we want to keep Pete fresh with content. So good to have the head king on. So big weekend for me. My son graduates high school this weekend from Bishop Gorman. My last one, my last son graduating. My wife reminds me that the ceremony's over at the South Point. So we'll get dressed up. A couple of parties this weekend. And then, Bobby, you've been with me. You were at my wedding. We will officially be countdown to empty nesters. As my second son will be going away to college. And yeah, but you still that'll got the, get interesting. You still got the dogs. You got somebody to yes. take care of. <laughs> we do. We still have we still have the dog. We still have the dog, the backyard brick, but big deal. Big deal this weekend. I know a lot of kids are graduating. I'll just tell you this because we got Pete coming up in a few minutes. To see a son of mine, I'm so proud of him. Both my sons I'm very proud of, but my one that's in high school. Half of his eleventh grade in his entire senior year wiped out to COVID. And I think of all these kids in the Valley here, all the kids listening to us, everybody who could be listening to us with their parents. I'm so proud of these students who got through this. Could you imagine your senior year in high school, a, a pandemic? And to see what these kids have gone through and how they've been able to keep their studies up and graduate and everything they lost out on, the athletes that lost out on an opportunity to play vibrant sports, in front of their parents and their cousins and their friends and their neighbors. It is tough. You know, I talk sports for a living, but I think a lot about the youngsters that lost out on the prime years of their high school if this was the year their number was up. It's tough, and my son in college is still having a good time. His college was open a little bit more than it was high school out here. But I'm really proud for those kids, for every kid who's walking this weekend graduating. For every kid who's taken that next step in their life going to college, this is a great group of young men and women. Because if you could put up with this, you deserve to have a great graduation party. You deserve to have a great time. You deserve to go off to college and have fun. Education is very important at this age. It's very important to have fun and enjoy your life. You're probably going to be working the rest of your life. So go have fun. And I'm proud of my son who's going to be graduating on saturday excited that my wife and i can see him walk 
Too bad that his grandparents can't come in because of COVID restrictions. Don't get me going. But it's still a milestone here in our family, and I know a milestone for many families here in the community. Uh, Tonight, remember, we said it as we open the show, PTs. We'll have a great, great time tonight in any of their locations. PTs, Ranch, Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick. Golden Knights will be on every TV. You want to watch it? More important than the NBA playoffs, the Knights are back in action. Coming up next, the all-time hit king, courtesy of Iole, our tequila partner, Pete Rose, joins us on Raider Nation Radio. 